Mira Slurpy Baby. <laughs> Who's that Slurpy Baby? Can you stop that? Did you ever used to watch Teletubbies? I hated it. Oh, okay. That Do you shit Nunu? was scary. Do you remember no. Nunu, the terrifying Hoover? Yeah, I do actually. That was one he of the things. He used to eat their tubby, tubby pancakes. Yeah. Is that what they were good? And he used to go around and go. No wonder they were fat, though, of all the ate was pancakes. They could have been but having like f- rabbit stew every night. It's just fuck all exercise, isn't it, really? I would have, Sometimes they roll down a hill, don't they? I would have shot the sun and had a baby soup. Baby soup? You know, the baby was always smiling in the sun. So you, instantly you, you want to make him not smile because that. Why? Why? Well, just Why? because if you all you'd been eating for the, your whole life was pancakes and you couldn't watch TV unless you wanted to stare at your belly and how fat you are, you'd, <laughs> you'd probably want to eat something else. And then once you've had all the rabbits that live in that stupid little hell, you're going to have to eat that baby. Well, first things first, I, th- I think they also had some sort of weird pink juice stuff that they used to drink. That yeah, kind of like I mean, all they goop. had was strawberry milkshake and pancakes. And how are they meant to see their own stomachs? That's what I mean. Like, they can't watch TV because they're so fat, and they're getting so fat because they're watching TV. It's just well, a terrible loop. Even if they could see their own TV, it'd be upside down, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. So, and like, it would just wouldn't be they need, like, a, a complex sequence of mirrors or maybe do some sort of, like, 69 thing with another Teletubby to be able to see? Yeah, it's just not a good life. No. Anyway, uh, this episode of PlayStation Radio UK is brought to you by Teletubbies. Teletubbies, they are... Fucking terrifying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Matthew. Ready to have your mind genetically altered for the good of the galaxy? This is PlayStation Radio UK. is 97.1 FM PlayStation Radio UK it is Friday the 13th oh of my September. fucking god that's a bad thing right Friday 13th no oh, no I thought it was because you're inherently one. evil you're like a you're like a vampire type being right so surely this is <laughs> one of your best days of the year this is like your favourite day yeah it is it is my favourite day because favorite I get day. to talk to you oh Matthew just kidding I hate you Oh, I'm Ben. Simon is here. Hiya. Hiya. Um, lots of news. Have, we have lots of news. We have lots to talk about. It's been a little while since we did the last podcast. We've been Not just busy. that, though. It's, this is, it's been months since we did a, like a normal podcast. The last yeah. one was good and all, but we didn't talk about games once. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. It was very self-indulgent. This one is going to be about games. Yeah. Spelt with a Z. So we missed Gamescom. We're not going to talk much about that because yeah, fuck Gamescom. the main news is the release date of the PlayStation. You guys know that by now. Uh, instead, we're going to be twenty second here. Here. I think no, it's, it's not. No, it's the 29th here. Twenty ninth. That's Xbox. Twenty ninth here. Fifteenth mm-hmm. in in uh, the US, the states. That's, that's going to really screw up um, 
the website we both write for, Push Squares, based in the UK. They, they're not going to have any content for two weeks. Yeah. How shit is that? Like, they're, they're fucked. Yep, you heard it here first. Don't buy stocks. <laughs> <laughs> All UK PlayStation websites are screwed. Yes. Hello. In fact, maybe we should get on, like, Mark or, or Phil or someone like that and talk to them when it comes out. Oh yeah, we sh- maybe we should. Yeah, get some. We should. Maybe we should break our rule because you may you may have noticed, guys, but we uh, we have a rule now since we started this new <clears> podcast <throat> that uh, we never differ from the hosts of either myself, Simon, or he who shall not be named because he's dead. Uh, whereas in the old podcast, we used to have crazy rosters of of hosts that would swap Come and, and change yep. and go crazy, and we wanted to keep some consistency. But I think we can. Have a guest on for a section, surely, if they've got a PlayStation 4. Yeah. So. Well, look, we write the rules, yeah. bitch. If, it's, if you're not okay with that, then stop listening. Science, bitch. <laughs> that's a thing, right? That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a pop culture. So how have you been, though, since episode 50? Show have 50. you been? Have you, have, you, have you been good? Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good. Very busy. Very, very busy. I was made uh, video editor for Redundant. Push Square. Made redundant. <laughs> yeah. I wish I was made redundant. Um, that would have meant you'd had a job. That was worth having. <laughs> it would have meant I had an income. <laughs> yes. Substantial income. Uh, no, I'd, I'd be made a uh, video editor for them, which at the moment doesn't mean anything because basically I'm putting all of the sort of creative effort into our videos that get fuck all views. Yeah. Um, and I'm just uploading trailers for now. But either way, it's very sort of labor intensive and time intensive. So that's keeping me busy. Um, I went to uh, Paris for uh, an Ubisoft event a couple of days ago. You know what? That place is full of dog shit. You know, you know. There was, this is a fact. There was a 24-hour phone line set up for Japanese people. Is this for Japan? People. Yes, I who, heard about this. For Japanese yeah, yeah. people who, obviously, they think Japan, uh, they think Paris is like the kind of cultural centre of the world and it's full of art and everyone yeah. is cool and nice and friendly. And they get to Paris... And they hate it so much. There's a permanent number set up by the Japanese um, government just for Japanese people to call them and complain about Paris. Well, they get... Isn't it like a helpline? They get they get yeah. flown home sometimes. Ah, it's yeah. like a psychological disorder because like, the media reports Paris is like the most perfect place on earth. You get there, there's dog shit, crime. Like crime, yeah, graffiti. Miserable people everywhere. It's just, it's just a bit of a wank city. I'd ne- I'd, I've never been, but I... Don't ever really want to, because I don't like the Eiffel Tower either. And if I was gonna go there, I'd at <laughs> I least go rate, and see I the Eiffel Tower. Big metal thing. I just don't like it. A big steel. But the thing is, you can see it from a distance. Like from my hotel room, it's like, oh, there it is. Well, that's Paris done. And that yeah, was it. There's a, there's I know a, there's art. I know there's all sorts of historical places. But once you've been to any historical French city, you've kind of been to them all. There was a famous, um, there was a famous French guy from Paris. And I don't, I forgot what his name is, but if, you, if you're interested, you can Google it. But he said his famous place for lunch and dinner was the, was the restaurant in the Eiffel Tower, because then he wouldn't have to look at it. He hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I went to Paris uh, a couple of days ago. I got back, uh, yeah, a couple of days ago. And it was the first real, I, I went on behalf of Push Square and they were showing a lot of new games there. And I, I've been writing some previews recently. My... The Crew and Watchdogs preview are now live, and there's a preview for Valiant Hearts, Child of Light, and Assassin's Creed Liberation HD yeah. coming soon. And we'll talk about all those games in the game section. Um, but yeah, it was it was great fun, and it kind of 
was a bit soul destroying to come back from doing basically what I want to do for a living um, and then going straight back to retail work. And I know obviously that working in the video game industry isn't all about going to Paris and dodging dog shit every day. But, you know, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be, ideally. And it was great to rub elbows with other games journalists. I mean, I'm, it's a stretch to call myself a games journalist. Um, but that's what I want to do. And then going back today and stacking shelves and taking orders from from morons, you know, it's it's hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, makes me makes me a bit sad. But... I will. I will not give in. So, because just to to recap here, does that mean you've played the PS4? Um, it. I didn't play the PS4. Oh. Everything there was running on PC, but one of the PC setups did have the PS4 controller. So, so how do you I, know it was running on PC? Because I saw the PCs. All oh, right, that's weird. Underneath, maybe it was yeah. a dev kit. Maybe they they were definitely sort of PC towers like hidden yeah. away. But I mean, so long but, as you've used the controller, you've pretty yes. much used the PS4. That um, controller's nice as well. Very nice. Yeah. Do I talk about that here or wait till the game section? We can talk about it in the yeah. game section. Okay. Talk about it in the game section. But that's pretty much me, buddy. What what happened? You went to Gamescom. I went to Gamescom. Now, I'd like to take a moment here and tell you why you shouldn't go to Gamescom. Right? I'd like to take a moment, just sit right there, tell you how I became a prince of a town called Bella. Did you tell how much I wanted to say that? Because I was like choking on my drink. Because <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, fuck, I've got to get this in. I think mm. it worked though. I think everyone. I think everyone that. appreciated it. Yeah. I was actually expecting you to change the words though, and I was a bit disappointed you didn't. I was really struggling to to make to some remember rhyme. them. No, oh. I was struggling to remember the real words. Anyway, Gamescom is kind of held up high as the the conference you go to in Europe if you like games, and you see everything early, and you play lots of games, and all the journalists are there to cover it, and it's cool, and it's in Germany, and let's all go there and have fun that's not the case right I, th- I think I saw that on the on the promotional poster for the event <laughs> so I'll go there and have fun uh, <laughs> no it's it's really that's not what it's like so we we went there we were in Germany and we went there and who I'm did gonna, you go with I went What's with that? listeners of the show this is how I met them Fraser and Pam and actually Mark McAnally you remember him from PS Chat uh, he flew over to Scotland as well and we all went there together and we went to Gamescom. Oh, sorry. Now, I'm going to yeah. go on the record here and say that I was extremely hungover. Um, but I was walking hungover, as in the, hung- the hangover started as I was waking up, which isn't really good. Usually you sleep through a bit of it. So that was a bit okay. bad, and I wasn't in the right frame of mind to be playing games. But that wasn't mm-hmm. why I didn't like it. Um, it started with the taxi, which took us to the trade entrance, because they must have thought we worked at Gamescom. Ooh. Um, and we couldn't get in there. So then we had to try and find the entrance. And we found what looked like an entrance. And we started queuing up at the door. And then suddenly okay. we're, suddenly everyone's running. And we look at each other and we're like, well, maybe we have to run as well. Okay. <laughs> so we're chasing these people into the hall. And then we okay. go up some stairs and then down an escalator and then up another escalator. And we're like, this is just fucking weird. I haven't seen anything yet. Not even any posters. And then suddenly everyone stops and we're all bumping into each other. We stop that abruptly. And then we find out there's a bit of red tape and everyone's cheering and like shouting and we're like, what is going on? This is the weirdest entrance to anything ever. And we're kind of like making jokes about it and how weird it is. When suddenly And then through the crowd you see Shuhei Yoshida dressed <laughs> up as a chip. Not quite. Someone in front of us from Germany leans over and talks to 
with my two friends, that uh, two of my friends, and points at their ticket, and she says, um, "Let's play together, right?" Pointing at her ticket, and I thought, mm, "Is she yeah, trying baby. to flirt with the guy next to me?" But it turned out that it was an event that was on at the same time as Gamescom. And it must be some kind of German Let's Play video YouTuber people that are famous um, <laughs> called Let's Play Together. So, so you went sprinting in there like fangirls. Yeah, we were like, woo! One of them like, <laughs> Let's play together, we woo! only ran because everyone else did. It was like a fucking stampede. <laughs> you fucking sheep. Yeah, if we hadn't ran, we would have been trampled over. So then we had to turn around and look for the other entrance. So we're going down the escalators, up the escalators. It's the weirdest, it's the weirdest venue because all the escalators are passing each other. It's like the famous painting of the weird staircases that all go in every direction. MC Escher. Yeah. Um, and then finally we get to this section, and it looks like Gamescom, but it's some kind of empty food hall. It was like a ghost town. There was laser tag, and oh, yes. there was, which no one was playing. There was go-karts, which I don't oh. think anyone, anyone was playing. Maybe there was two go-karts going around it. And then there was lots of food halls. And then Did you do some lunging? We didn't, but we walked, it must have been at least a mile before we actually found our way to the main hallway at Gamescom, and it was good, you know, we were like, okay, we found Gamescom, which well, shouldn't have been that difficult, but we're there, and let's go and see some games, and this is where Gamescom gets bad, and this is why you shouldn't go, I mean, if you live in Germany, by all means, it's not an expensive thing to go and do, but if you live in Britain, it's extortionate to go to Germany for the mm. weekend, because all the prices go up for staying there um, tickets are still quite cheap though but you get there and you see all the games you want to play and it's like oh my god there's Destiny and there's there's Drive Club and there's the crew and there's all these games that we want to play and see and get hands on with six hours queues six hour queues you can't play a game unless you queue up for at least three hours fun um, you, can queue, you can queue up for maybe half an hour to play a game that's already out or is coming out next week, like Killzone Mercenary. That's the only game I played at Gamescom, Killzone Mercenary. Um, Diablo 3 on consoles had a three-hour queue. That was coming out the next week. So, I mean, if you're queuing up for three hours to play a game which is coming out the next week, you have a serious issue that you need to get checked out. So, basically, we wandered about, and it's not... This is where it gets worse, though. It's not like um, what I've come to expect from the Eurogamer Expo where all the TVs face outwards, and if you don't want to queue up, you can still sit and watch the guy in front of you play it. Yeah. You know, that's something I took for granted from the Eurogamer Expo. All those things that you're queuing up to see are like a standalone box, a massive box thing. And the queue goes around the box. And if you want to see anything to do with that game other than the logo, you have to queue up to get inside that box. There's no TVs that you can... There's no TVs that show what's being played. There's just a logo. And so you could walk about that Gamescom hall for, you know, the whole day and see nothing. Um, it's just not wow, something I'd, uh... ex I'd want to go and see. And also, it's really, really fucking busy. Um, right. Do you think maybe there's an issue with too many people being sold tickets? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. Although we went into one hall that didn't have so much, like, good shit in there, and it was a lot emptier. So maybe they just put too many good games in the one hall. Either way, though, they should definitely have those TVs facing outwards. You know, you've paid your ticket. Yeah. They, you should be, you should be getting shown what's getting played. Um, mm. but yeah, that's why I wouldn't go to Gamescom. And instead, if you live in Britain, and you probably do if you're watching this, 
go and uh, go and get Eurogamer tickets for uh, next year because it's sold out. Yeah, I mean it's a couple months later, but it's it's better, much better. Also, the the developer sessions lineup that was announced today for the Eurogamer Expo is amazing, mm-hmm. and you can you can just go to yeah. Them, the queues you know? for those developer sessions are shorter than the queues to see one game at Gamescom. I can't find the uh, email, but I took yeah. some screenshots and sent them. I mean, to you, so if you live in the that. US, go to PAX. If you live in Australia, go to PAX. If you live in Britain, go to Eurogamer. Um, yeah. They're the best trade shows. Um, I wouldn't go to Gamescom unless I lived in Germany. Right, here we go. I've got the... Uh, got some of them here. This is just some of the... Uh, Developer sessions at Eurogamer this year. There's a Phil Harrison Xbox One presentation. Uh, the Velocity 2X PS4 indie title will be there. Killzone Shadowfall is being demoed. Um, new Bethesda game. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff. I mean, Media we don't want to sound like an advert for Eurogamer, but it's just the way it's set out is much better than Gamescom. Yeah. Um, Thank you for buying your tickets and welcome to the show floor. You will uh, you will find the right cubicles and so it contains <laughs> the games and you will cure for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> um, exactly. I mean, even outside the place, the people are sitting down, like just sitting down on on concrete slabs, just <laughs> it's sitting like there. It's ten in the morning. Whew, I'm beat. I've done everything. <laughs> I don't get it, man. Um, people go there with Vitas, knowing that they're going to have to queue up, so they just sit there and play Vita in the queue. That's not fun. No, I mean, that's not something I ever want to do. But saying that, Cologne is a really nice city. And uh, I'd definitely go there. I'd say it's the only city you can go to where you can be chased down the street by a fat Romanian pimp who sounds exactly like Roman Roman Bellic um, on the same weekend as climbing the tallest cathedral in Europe. Um, that, so it's a, it's a really nice city and I'd go there. But just not not at the same time as Gamescom. Try to have the prices up. Get a Eurogamer. It's it's the best, man. Okay, but talking of queues, I went to Comic-Con Glasgow, which I only knew existed because of an advert on the on the wireless that I heard. The what, the radio for everyone else that isn't in the 1940s. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I went there and there was a three-hour queue to get in. And I went there late because I was only going to go there for an hour before going up to Dundee to see my sister and getting chet-faced. Um... So yeah, I was like, oh, that must be a queue for something else, because by the time they get in, the place will be shutting, and it's only on for one day. So I walked in this door to the side, and I nodded at this like kind of G4S security guy, and he nodded back, and then I walked in, and I was like, okay, this must be the entrance then. You know, the guy didn't ask to see a ticket or anything, that must be That in. was the Iron Brew door code. Yeah, the nod, you know, that's the like the secret nod. handshake. So I got in. And then I went to another door. I didn't have a clue where to go. Everyone was just walking about aimlessly. And I was like, okay, where, where am I meant to go to get in here? And so I went in this one door and there was people sitting around eating hot dogs and, you know, as you do at these kind of conventions. Mm. Um, and then I saw this ticket booth where you go in and get your ticket. And so I joined this kind of group of people who had just come in. And that's when I realised that group of people had been at the front of that three-hour queue and they'd just been let in. So by going in that side door and nodding at that security guard, I skipped a three-hour queue. That <laughs> um, was you not cheeky, bad, Cheeky, cheeky, cheeky weasel. Yeah, but it's a pretty good convention. Apparently it's coming back next year for, for two days because it was much much bigger than they thought it would be. Much more people went to it than they thought. What did they show off at a um, Glasgow Games? I mean, there was, like, there was like Star Trek people there like signing stuff and they had like 
a DeLorean and a um, a Doctor Who police box, which I thought was funny because the Doctor Who police box, there's a couple of them in Glasgow, like the original police boxes. <laughs> so I don't know why I'd go to the convention to see it, but either way. Um, and then they had, you know, they had comic books and there was a lot of independent comic book artists that were there, like showing you their work and like selling their comic books and stuff, which was quite cool. I'm not yeah. really into comics that much. I just wanted to go and see it just for the sake of it being in Glasgow. And uh, they had, they were meant to have Killer Instinct and Saints Row 4, but all they had was Saints Row 4, which is a bit of a letdown. Either way though, Saints Row 4 is quite good. Um, I mean, you can move about that map. You'll, you'll never want to use a car in that game. Yeah. Ever. Because um, you just move about so quick and you can fly and you can glide and you can climb buildings. Um, it's madness. Anyway, that is the Glasgow Comic Con and Gamescom. So let's move on to Game of the Week. And breathe. Ah, <sighs> thank God. Game of the Week. Hey, Simon, it's been a while since we've done one of these. Yeah, it has. Do you remember what a game are? I do. They're one of those um, things that they didn't have in Germany. <laughs> hey! So for inside the white boxes, you just needed to cure like everybody else. Yep. Okay, I've, I've, got, a, I've, got, a, I've got a big list here, Simon. Let's kick it off with Paris. Paris. Yes. Um, in fact, so let's Paris. kick it off with the game I want to hear about most, which oh. is Valiant Hearts. Oh man, that looks cool! If you missed this, they unveiled a few new games at this uh, event. It's the Ubisoft's Digital Days 2013 is the name of the event. And um, oh, quick side story: I uh, I think I went in the girls' toilets <laughs> um, because didn't uh, you do French when you were in school? Yeah, yeah. I can. I ordered all of my food and drink in French while in, while I was in France. I I was very nice good. one. Yeah, um, but. <laughs> there was just sort of a sign pointing to the general direction of the toilets and then I was confused because I couldn't see any obvious signage pointing to a second bathroom Okay. and I saw a guy walk out of this bathroom um, so I walked in there were no urinals so I sort of ran to a cubicle and locked myself in it um, <laughs> and there was chalk chalk in the in the cubicle and the walls were made out of chalkboard so I uh, which I think is a really cool idea I like that I, most most of them were nice messages like, "Hey, how's it going? Yeah, cool, all right." That's Just, a really cool you know, idea. But you know that if they did that in the UK, they'd all be things like, "I'm doing a shit," and then you know, like I said to you, mine would just be a picture of a cock that's coming all over one of those nice messages. Yeah, probably, probably, um, yeah. Um, but I used it for shameless, uh, shameless self promotion. So I put the podcast Twitter in the toilet, the ladies' toilet. <laughs> so anyway, I emerged from this toilet um, and uh, yeah, wash, was washing my hands and then a lady walked in, sort of looked at me a bit funny and then I ran away and, and I didn't dry my hands. <laughs> I just, I was too embarrassed and I just left the bathroom. So that was, that was Paris. Success was not 2013. Uh, but yeah, they had, they unveiled a few new games, one of which was Valiant Hearts. If you haven't seen the trailer, go and look it up. It's a, it's built in the UbiArt engine, which is the engine they use to make Rayman Origins with its awesome Fantastic game. Uh, art, art direction. Um, it's a 14-man team making this game. 
and all of the art is made by is is drawn by one artist, uh, and it's set during the First World War, and it's based on real letters from the First World War, and there are five characters. There's uh, an American, um, uh, a, f- a French prisoner of war, a British aviator, maybe a Russian. I'm not sure. There's there's a field medic, a lady field medic. And Karl, who's a German officer, and he's in love with Emile, the French character's daughter. They all um, interlink. All these storylines interlink. Yes, yes. And they all seem to be set at different times because we saw... I got to see the first part of a demo, um, which was the first level where you were playing as the French guy, Emile, and you were... It's, it's basically... It's a 2D puzzler basically so you've yeah. got to move things about and pull levers in the correct order that kind of stuff but it's got this really cool setting that isn't often tackled by video games no and it, it, the thing that got me about it because i've only seen the trailer you've seen the, you've seen a demo but from the trailer and from an interview i saw online it seems like they're really tackling the way it should be done you know there's they said there's no goodies there's no baddies because they're telling kind yes. of both sides and they're telling the human side because obviously none of the people that were there wanted to be at war most of them were conscripts in the Great precisely, War. Precisely, precisely. I overheard a really interesting conversation between a, a German journalist that was there, yeah. talking to one of the developers, and he was saying, you know, we have a real problem in Germany with, you know, with this kind of stuff. Um, is there? Could it not be misunderstood as that you're trivializing, trivializing the uh, the events of the First World War by adopting this cartoony art style? Um, and to be fair to him, the developer, you know, stood his ground and said, well, if it was totally realistic, you know, this, this was a horrific period in, in, in human history and there would just be bodies and blood and limbs and it would be really harrowing to play everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I think the art style really works because yeah, it's, it's sort of a, it, it strikes me as kind of a, an early European animation style anyway, yeah. you know, from that yeah, sort of time. Actually, yeah. Cause I mean, obviously it was about the 20s or the 30s when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs came out which was like the first yeah. feature length cartoon and the First World War was before that but it's not so far out that it you know looks like something that could have been from around that era and yeah exactly. like it doesn't look so cartoony that it looks you know like funny it's not that kind of cartoony it still mm-hmm. looks kind of like bleak you know the the pal- the colour palette's really kind of you know greens and browns and greys and you know yeah, and, um, and dear God, man, the music. The music yeah. is just fantastic. I mean, that trailer was really emotional only because of the music. And at the end, you know, he's, uh, the, the the voiceover is saying something like, this This is the... Uh, oh, what was it? Millions of people went to war or something along those lines and only a few of... Uh, some of them came back and some of them didn't. Yeah. This is a story of of those people and then it's, it pans out and there's like five graves so it's like it's, it's already really sad yeah um, I mean and the music's completely you know it's piano and it's completely bleak and it's it's just it looks fantastic it looks really good it doesn't it looks like it's going to be tackling the kind of the matter well mm-hmm. and it looks like it's also going to be a fun emotional game yes but at the same time the, there's also this Kickstarter just started which is for a game based on the Holocaust, mm-hmm. which we were talking about before the show, um, and we were going to wait till the news to talk about it, but I think it kind of fits in here well. I wouldn't back something like that on Kickstarter, and I wouldn't have backed this World War One game on Kickstarter, 
because you'd have to have complete confidence that the person making the game or the people making the game are going to treat that subject matter with respect. Yes, the respect not enough deserves. time has yet passed, especially considering that there are people still alive that were directly wow, involved. It's not even a time thing because something you could make a game about the war, war in the Middle East, and if it was powerful enough and had there was a reason for it to be made, it wouldn't be controversial. It would be. What was that game? Some uh, Forty Days in Fallujah or something? Yeah, Fallujah, it got cancelled or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, because of if you're making a game for the sake of making a game, which happens so often with World War Two games, mm-hmm. you know, you're making a game set in World War Two. They had lots of guns. Then you might be making a fun game, but at the same time, you're not exactly treating the subject matter with respect. Um, but if you do treat it with respect, you can make a much better game, story-wise. You know, it's just something that people are going to enjoy playing more. But that's the issue. Guilty. If if they were to do this Holocaust game, which would be an indie title, um, not only would they have to treat the subject matter with the utmost reverence, they would also, I think they would have to ground it in reality like Valiant Hearts, which is based upon real letters sent yeah, between yeah. soldiers. And uh-huh. also, you know, the, the locations in the game are actually take place during battles, like actual battles yeah. and actual locations. And, you know, if this was perhaps following the story, you know, the, the remarkable story of one Holocaust survivor or something like that, then that would be it justifiable. Be well, yeah. Uh-huh. It would be I justifiable. Mean, I mean, um, there's been films that have done it well. And what we've learned from The Last of Us is that games can be better than films. If there's enough work put into them and they have enough kind of direction, they can be better than games, better than books. You know, they stand on their own as mm. something that is worth having in the world of media. But it just... If there's one guy making a game about the Holocaust, it just seems like, you know, what qualifies him to make this game? Yeah. I don't know um, if that makes sense, but... He would have to have a really, yeah. really solid pitch. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's supposedly Sony are eyeing this project with interest, So, and I doubt they would go anywhere near it if, if it yeah, wasn't, uh-huh. like, solid, if they didn't believe in, in his vision for it. Yeah. So we'll just have to see where that goes. But um, do you want a couple of tidbits of information about Valiant Hearts that I yes, haven't I written in my preview? I do. Uh, it's coming out on PS4. Nice one. Supposedly they're exclusive thinking... Or? No, 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 no. It's uh, multi-platform. They're thinking Vita. of potentially releasing it on either Vita or current generation consoles. Nice one. But that would be down the line because this game isn't coming out until 2014 anyway. Yeah. Um, and also, given its sort of episodic nature, because you're playing as a different story from a different character's perspective, they're debating at the moment whether or not to release it as an episodic game or as a full digital game or as a full physical release they're not sure yet so that's that's some of okay, the okay they must be quite early on then if they don't know how much content they've got they know how much content they've got they're just not sure how they're going to release it yeah yet okay um, but anyway that game looks fantastic and i think we'll be following that one very closely yeah. and go and watch that trailer because it is just fantastic so and I promise, from what I've seen, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. You also played... I Well, I didn't play Valiant Hearts, but I played Child of oh. Light. Okay, that's another is, Ubisoft game, right? It's another Ubisoft game based Can on the Ubisoft engine. take a moment to say here, how good is Ubisoft doing right now? Like, every game they, they announce just looks fantastic. And, you know, they've got Watch Dogs 
and they've got the, the division, and then they've got these smaller ones that look awesome as well. Mate, if it wasn't for the Smurfs too, they'd be my, they'd be my favourite. <laughs> no. Yeah, they are doing, they, they have earned a lot of respect and yeah, a lot of uh-huh. gamer kudos recently. Yeah. It's kind of like when EA released Dead Space and they had that period when FIFA got really good and and stuff like that. And people said, oh, EA, they're not so bad, you know, EA. And then it was like, oh, EA, Scourge of the Planet. Yeah. Um, Ubisoft have never, fortunately, as far as I'm aware, been in that position. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're going to have a good good couple of years, I think. Yeah, definitely. And we're going to have a good couple of years as well. Playing their games, yeah. games, yeah. Child of Light, also based on the UbiArt engine, is actually one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen, ever. Um, it looks like a watercolour painting. Uh, it's kind it's of, sort of it a like, child's... Is it kind of like the backdrops of Rayman games? Kind of, but more watercolour-y. Kind of if, like that mixed with, them. Um, what's it called, Valkyria Chronicles? Oh, yeah, 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 yes, kind of. Kind of like that. When you see it in motion, you'll, you'll know what I mean. But yeah. like you can see the, the little girl's hair sort of strands individually moving and it's all kind of cell shaded and and animated and all hand drawn it looks fantastic it's basically it revolves around they were a bit cagey on the story but it revolves around this little girl who sort of lives between and they didn't tell us really anything about this but it lives (laughs) between the the alive world and the dream world or the awake world i suppose the bit we played was in the dream world, but she's sort of like... It's an RPG, essentially. It's a, it's a casual JRPG style. Um, you say style because it's a Western game. It's a Western game, yeah. Kind of like um, Dark Souls as a JRPG, but plays like a Western RPG. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a side-scrolling game again, and um, it's quite dark, supposedly. Uh, the f- we came across a village that was inhabited by crows because all of the people have been turned to crows. It's kind of like... It reminded me of sort of the, um, oh, what are they called? The the German brothers who came up with all the folk stories. Don't know. What are they called? Like Hansel and Gretel. Oh, Hansel and Gretel. No, no, no. No, no, no. The <laughs> I don't German, know. I honestly the don't Grimm know. brothers. I'm not entirely sure of their names. I don't but know. it's that kind of story. Like, it's it's actually, when you look at it, it's, it's quite dark, those stories. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's very much like Nino Kuni in that it's a. It is a very casual approach to a JRPG in that you it's turn-based. You attack, you wait for their attack. If you win, you get experience, you go up levels, then you then you have skill points you can spend to unlock more magic spells and stuff like that. And it looks really cool. Um, it's also two-player, which is interesting cool. because there's a little firefly blue blob. Blub, 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 blub. Um, that follows you around, that will follow you around automatically, um, or the second controller can use it and fly it alongside you, and it can uh, they can search for sort of hidden treasure off the side of the screen. They can heal you in battle, that kind of stuff. So that that's pretty cool. Um, literally, no, pretty much fuck all about it. But I know it plays very well. It looks very interesting. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's billed as uh, a JRPG for those that don't have the time to invest 50 hours into a JRPG. People like me. Yeah, so it's kind of like a maybe like a 10, 15 hour game with JRPG elements. So cool. it's it's cool. We, you should keep an eye on that one. Nice. It sounds uh, like something that's kind of come up as a result of Nino Kuni. Yeah, yeah, maybe. When they notice yeah. that people can actually play JRPGs if they're not JRPG fans, if there's enough mm-hmm. reason for them to. Yeah. So that one's really cool. Keep an eye on that. Um... I played Watch Dogs and the Crew. Nice. 
Um, they were mainly showing off the app integration for the uh, the iPad, the tablets, and stuff like that. So uh, talk with, about Watchdog first. With Watchdogs, we didn't just get to run around the city and do what we wanted. One person was on um, was on the the game, and one person was on the tablet. What did you? Do? What one was you? I did both. I, oh, I, nice. I had a go at both. What one was you? What one was you? So the the app you can see players on on a map of Chicago, uh, sort of a top down view. You know how you see it in all the trailers where it's kind of like isometric and see through and all blue and neon kind of thing. Um, no, like a top down version. Anyway. You mean like a blueprint? Yeah, kind of like. All oh, right, cool. Yeah, but a, but a bit more hacky looking. Okay. Um, you get a view of that. And you see players on it, so there'll be one other player, which is obviously the person who was playing the game next to you at that event. Um, you click on them, you can challenge them to sort of a head-to-head event, uh, if you like. And if they accept, then you do that. There was only one event possible or available to us, and that was that the the player had to race through a number of checkpoints in a very small time limit. And you, on the app, basically in the physical world, the game world, the, the player's game world, you control a helicopter. And on the app... It's just a it's just a symbol of a helicopter, and you have to click on the helicopter and drag it over the top of the red blip, which is the player who's speeding towards the objective. And anything in the vicinity of the helicopter, a little icon appears. If you can hack it, like the traffic lights, like the bollards, steam pipes that will explode that under like the you're road. you're not helping. Oh no, you're not. You're trying to stop them. All right, okay. You're competing, so you're trying to stop them from getting to their objective within the time limit. And the person on the road, uh, on the ground, literally, they really can't do much. Like, it's it's the only, I wrote in the preview, that it's the only time that we've seen Aiden Pierce so far have no hacking ability. Because he can still hack stuff, but it won't stop the person in the sky. You've, you've got to drive sensibly and carefully and try and outsmart them. Because yeah. the person who's got the app, obviously they can't click on things that you're going past because you'll have gone way past them by the time they've hacked it. So they need to anticipate where you're coming from yeah. and they need to move the helicopter to it and hack the traffic lights or the traffic's going mad. And if they get the helicopter directly over you and you're in the spotlight of the helicopter, all the police will come in and start smashing into you. It was really cool. I was very bad at it. Um, and uh, in the last 30 seconds, because I was going to lose, I got out of the car and I just decided to have a run around and just see how things worked. So I had a bit of a shootout with police, which nice. was nice. The so, shooting shooting works well. So you played that with a PS4 controller? No, this was with, I believe it was an Xbox One controller. Okay, I think. okay. Um, but the shooting and the driving, it all feels good and nice? Yeah, it, I mean, it just... The, I didn't really have much time with the shooting, but the driving, I mean, it, it'll instantly feel familiar to you because okay. it's basically just sandbox driving. It's its yeah. comfortable enough. It works. Uh, the shooting, you know, the cover is really tight. You you press a button, you just snap to it. Um, I also got in a boat as well, just for fun. Um, in the last 10 seconds, you can go in boats. That's something. Yeah. And, uh, and they go on water. Can confirmed. you find the sea? Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't try. But that's all possible. <laughs> potentially nice and that looked really cool so I, the crew has that. also has oh that one thing the the kind of stuff that they had for tablet then that's not coming to vita is it um well with the crew i asked and he just smiled and shrugged so okay. you know think of take a, uh, take from that what you will yeah. there's no reason they couldn't though yeah like they, they could do it it would take some time to obviously 
you know, transfer it. But these apps are available for your phone as well, so it's not All just right, tablets. So as like, far as I'm yeah. aware, it's not just tablets. Okay. So, so the crew, how does the tablet work in that? The crew, basically, while we were waiting for our Go, we created our car on the app oh. and then sent it to the garage so that when it was That's our time cool. to play the game, we could play. It was very stripped back. Um, a version of the app they said oh it's not complete yet and when it's finished it'll be kind of like the, the <laughs> kind of like the watchdogs app where you can see your friends and interact with them and see what they're doing and so they're basically uh, just copying their uh, their friends app they're what they're copying their 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 friends apps the co-producers of the other kind of co-workers of the other game <laughs> kind of i mean there there are definitely some similarities but uh yeah, the the crew is the crew's pretty cool, man. I like it a lot. Um, obviously, is that an Xbox One controller? That was an Xbox One controller okay. as well. There weren't many. There was only one PS4 controller there. Um, there was um, you start off with your car, kind of in the desert, which sucks because you can tune your car differently. But in this demo, you couldn't tune your car, so ours was tuned basically for street. And you're in the desert. Racing, and I'm in the desert, so I instantly spun around and smacked into things and died. Um, but then we were teleported to the um, to the main to, to a city somewhere. I think it was Miami, and we played the demo from the E3 demo yeah. where they had to ram yeah. the big guy off mm -hmm. the road, um, and I was connected to the guy next to me who was playing next to me his demo, and we both had to take it down. Um, but something I wrote about in my preview, obviously the crew, you're going to be working together. You can have a crew of four. Um, and it's it's kind of like a car RPG in that you get experience, you level up, you buy perks for your cars or for your garage, I should say, like uh, increased boost and stuff like that. But the person who does best in a challenge or a mission gets the most XP. So there's a competitive element there that could easily turn it quite ugly to yeah, the point could, where you're you not actually together, working you're together. To helping. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. could. I mean, we didn't know this guy. Well, maybe Sorry, do you get a penalty for doing guy, so. that? Maybe XP wise. I don't think so. I no. absolutely whacked into this guy when he pulled out in front of me, and he just he just crashed his car. <laughs> no, no penalty, no penalty at all. And Weird. I was nudging this this uh, huge guy uh, for ages. That sounds a little bit in sexual. real life or in the game. He <laughs> <laughs> was uh, nudging, nudging the huge like, car the for ages. His health was going down and down and down. And then our teammate flew out from nowhere and got the killing blow and got all the XP, which wow. was fucked up. So they need to sort that out, but it, the uh, the sort of speeding through the streets and avoiding pedestrians and smashing through things that's really fun, um, and it, it'd be really cool if you know different crews sort of controlled different areas of the map uh, based on how they've tuned their cars and things like that. So like yeah. there's a desert crew that sort of just roams the desert and stuff like that, um, and the map's huge. It takes about it's I think it's fifth or five thousand square kilometers. Wow. Um, and it takes an hour and a half to drive all the way across it in a very fast car. It's sort of like a slimmed down version of America, but uh, the crew looks exciting. So Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward for that to one. that as well. Yeah. Now that you played something else as well. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, there's a lot of games. These were the <laughs> games those those were the games that I played at um the Paris. event in Paris. Yeah. Um I played a little bit of Diablo three. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not really the kind of game I'm interested in, but um, I have it, so but I, have <laughs> I, think, it. I think I was going to play with with Mark, but I've been very busy, so I haven't had, had a chance yet. Um, when I went on holiday to France all that time ago, I gave my Vita some serious loving, uh, right in the headphone jack, um, 
because I brought a few games with me, one of which was Resistance Burning Skies. Um, it's not a good game, Simon. No, it doesn't. I don't think it's, it is, no. It's shit. It's, it's, a, it's really piss poor. Um, but I got the Platinum quite easily, so... Swings and roundabouts. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I played Virtua Tennis for World Tour, I believe it's called. Cool. Really, really good. Yeah. A really well-rounded um, Virtua Tennis game. Nice. It's got a career mode, and you sort of uh, hop across the, the globe and, and do practice matches and level up and do mini games and compete in tournaments and stuff like that. Is that like yeah. um, hitting tennis balls off a wall or something like that? You ever played Virtua Tennis? No. It's crazy shit, like trying to collect all the fruit on the court and <laughs> avoid being hit by a massive tennis ball. Yeah, it's, I think it's that's how you train in real life. Stuff. Yeah, for I tennis. think so. I think that's why Andy, Andy Murray's, Murray's happy. He's just well, thinking about that giant tennis ball. I was going to say maybe that's why Andy Murray has been doing quite bad lately because he's stopped training. Like it's, it's just, it's like Indiana Jones. You can chase by a massive tennis ball and you've <laughs> yeah, stolen all it. the fruit. That's it. Anyway, that, that's, that's really good. good. Cool. If you want that for Vita, that's really good. And finally, Persona 4, which I've wanted to play for ages, and everyone that's had it on Vita has said, oh, it's amazing, you should get it, you should get it. And I finally played it, and I have not been captured by a game like that in so long. And it's it's like... <laughs> from the it sounds like the Vita sucked you in. Like, <laughs> it kind of did. Like, it. it's Let just, me out! It's one of those games where you just like you you want to be that character because he's, sort of, he's sort of a he's a mute, although he still he talks to them, but he there's no like dialogue that comes up. They just sort of react to what you yeah, say. He's not so, voice acted. Everyone it, else is voice acted. It, I've only seen the screenshots that you showed me though, and it just looks <laughs> like a pervert simulator. It's like the rape simulator we talked about the last game, last it day is, podcast. It is a pervert simulator, um, but it's a. Fantastic Give the link to your Tumblr so people can go and look at that. Um, it's it's creepypersona4.tumblr.com. I set up a, uh, a Tumblr for the first time. It's a selection of my favourite screenshots of bizarre and creepy moments from that game. Um, but uh, yeah, it's and it sounds so dull because you play a high school student and you've got to work on like balancing your relationships and developing your relationships with people, getting jobs on the side and balancing your time. And then at night you fight monsters and they're like what? murders in the local town and people getting pushed into TVs, yeah, TVs. And you have to go into the TV world and get them out and stuff like that. But like sounds weird. It ramps up to this point where oh, we got to rescue this guy before the fog rolls into town and he's dead forever basically because um, people have been found, found like hanging around town after they've disappeared and you know um, so they've got to go and rescue them and you rescue them and there's all this build up and you finally rescue them and then it's completely juxtaposed by the next two weeks like you've got nothing going on it's like the summer holidays and there's you know all of you all of your friends are all going to the beach and stuff and they're all getting up to ridiculous hijinks let's go to the beach beach let's go away yeah it's it's just amazing like it sounds like the lamest piece of crap ever but phil armstrong i'm talking to you get this game it will make you very happy how did they pitch that how could they possibly have pitched that well, interestingly, it came out on PS2 in 2008. I mean, did, did, did like, the, the publisher just sarcastically say, yeah, that sounds like a good game, and then like, they didn't <laughs> understand it was sarcasm, so they made it's, it. It's a Shin Megami Tensai game. He's one of those guys like Suda51 who can basically just do whatever he wants. But trust me, this game is absolutely well, Suda fantastic. Suda can't do whatever he wants anymore, can he? Not anymore, yeah, because he's made too many shit games. Yeah. Um, but Persona 4, I can't recommend it enough. I'm still playing it. It's... I put about cool. sixty hours into it, and I love it. Absolutely love it. And it's uh, is it, on, it, is it only year, on Vita? Uh, it 
It came out on PS2 originally. This is like a, a spruced up version. All right, okay. Um, it came out on PS2 in 2008. So is, it's four. Uh, so that means there must Persona have been someone 4. like PS1 and stuff as well. Uh, I think I think they were all on PS2 actually. Okay. I'm not sure because it did wow. come out very late on PS2. Okay. But yeah, like if if this had come out this year and it was a new release, it would definitely be in my in my favorite games well, of the I mean, year. Supposedly like, they're just, making just a Persona Five, aren't they? Hopefully, I hope so because uh, supposedly from talking to people, Persona Three is kind of more of the same, but Persona Four was like a lot better than Persona Three. Mm-hmm. So if they make a Persona Five and it's very similar thematically, then I'm totally in. Cool. I love it. I love it. Love it. You played Killzone Mercenary. Um, I, I played a bit of that as well. That's still, like I said, it's the only game I played at Gamescom. And I don't have a Vita yet, so I'm not used to the thumbsticks. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it, and I'm trying to aim at people, but I wasn't accurate enough because the, the thumbsticks, you know, on the DualShock 3, there's a big kind of, not dead zone, but there's a big range where you can kind of push it either lightly or kind of medium or you can Supposedly, push it all the way to the plastic. I had the exact same problem. Supposedly, lots of people have been increasing the sensitivity and that helps, although I don't really know if that's an excuse. Okay, I mean, it's just like, I feel like if I played it enough, like for maybe three hours, I would start to get used to the analog sticks. But is that, I mean, you platinum's resistance burning skies. Is it something <laughs> yeah. you encounter in all first-person shooters on Vita? You get used to the shooting after a while in resistance burning skies. It's not the best. I mean, it's a bad game. I'd, I'd venture to say that uh, Killzone Mercenaries is a far better game. Yeah. Uh, whether that's because of its controls, I can't really say because I didn't play it for too long. Um, but I think it all it all boils down to getting used to the controls. And yes, it is very difficult on the Vita because the analog sticks are very small, um, or nubs, I should say, not sticks. Uh, but I had serious problems with Battlefield 3. Like, I could not get used to the shooting in that. I, uh, like, I found yeah. the analog stick mm-hmm. shooting really hard. And I know that if I'd have stuck at it, I would have got it eventually. And there was no way I could, you know, by changing any of the sensitivity settings, that it was any easier. Well, um, people complained about the PSP analog stick. And it only had one. But at least you had a lot of range. You know, you could move that... And probably just as many range, and just as much range as you could a DualShock Three analog stick. Move that bad boy all over. Um, but I don't, I don't have a Vita, so I can't really say for sure. But I just feel like it's either, it's either fully against the plastic or it's not moving at all. Hmm. Um, do you know? What, do you know what I mean? Is that? I a- do know exactly what you mean. It's not so bad when you're moving about. Okay. But it's yeah. Well, no, no, no. Is in like the left analog stick for moving is fine. But it's when you want to do precision things like aiming. Yeah. I just found myself holding down fire and slowly strafing the right analog stick over the person I wanted to shoot until they died. That was the only way I could really do it. Mm-hmm. And they say that, you know, on Kills of Mercenary, you can use a sex axis to kind of fine-tune your aiming. I, I didn't do that because I didn't know it was possible. No, but that sounds confusing. It sounds like it would be quite difficult as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like if they were a bit stiffer, it would be easier. If the analog sticks were stiffer... <laughs> Um. Anyway, that's what I thought about Killzone Mercenary. Did you like it? Um, I played it for a very short amount of time. Supposedly, yeah. it's the multiplayer that's the best part. Yeah. And I only played the single player. It seems okay. It seems good. It seems like a good first-person shooter. Um, I, uh, 
I'll be the first to admit that I've never really been interested in Killzone. Well, you better but, get interested before the PS4 comes out, boy. <laughs> but it's a solid shooter that's on the Vita, and you know there aren't too many of those. So if sure. that's the kind of thing you yeah. want, then power to you. Go I mean, for it. I'm actually more interested in the Vita becoming, you know, the the indie game machine. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I mean, it would be cool to have the occasional AAA game like Uncharted: Golden Abyss. But for me, as like a someone that wants to buy a Vita, I'm more excited about all these awesome indie games that are coming out. Yeah. Um, now, is that all you played, finally? Sorry, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. If, if I hadn't been to Paris, it wouldn't be so bad. But like, there was a lot of stuff there, and most people listening either won't have heard of it or won't know much about yeah. it. So I just... Now you all know everything. Um, well, I, I played... Um, I played Brothers. That's pretty much all I've played. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Which is a PSN game that came out last week. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It's up there with Unfinished Swan and and um, Journey, as far as I'm concerned. It's really, really good. And uh, you control each brother with an, a- with an analog stick, which takes a while to get used to. But it's really worth it. And I don't want to talk too much about it, because if you really want to know about Brothers... We have a video on our YouTube page, which is a full review of it with 25 minutes gameplay, and you really get to see what it's like. Um, so YouTube.com to... forward slash PlayStation Radio UK. Yes, and you'll find it on there. Right, oh. so um, other thing I want to mention is I tried to play Puppeteer. I played the demo of it. Oh, God damn, I, yeah, you've, you've been I, having some troubles. I fucking love the demo. It was a five gigabyte demo. I played like the whole start of the game, and I was just was blown away by it. I thought it, from all the videos even now, it looks like Little Big Planet, and it's like, what's the point in this game? You could make this in Little Big Planet, and so many people have said that, and I think I said it when we originally saw the vid- the first video for Puppeteer, but that's not what it's like at all. This game is, you know, the presentation of this game alone makes it worth buying. Um, the set, because you're playing on like a stage, is constantly changing around you, and you play this little puppet, and it's like really cute but at the same time the gameplay is awesome much more responsive than Little Big Planet which is a plus and uh, yeah kind of up there with Rayman Origins from what I've played with the demo but here's it's where like it gets 10 back. hours long as well right that's yeah a, I mean it's, it's, it's a full game game. game and it's cheaper than most games it's 25 quid so yeah, it's cheaper than a full price games and for that reason I pre-ordered it instantly when the demo had finished and I tried to play it and the game's out now, so my pre-order kind of was pointless because I could have bought it in Tesco. But what happened is, it didn't work. I downloaded it, it's 11 gigabytes big, and no matter how many times I download this game, it will not install. I've tried resetting my router, I've tried formatting my hard drive, I've tried everything, and it just doesn't install. Mm. So um, I'm trying one more time, and if it doesn't work... I'm going to have to call Sony and say, I want my Demand money Demand a refund. Yeah. Um, not because I don't want to play the game. I mean, it's got to the stage, though, I bought it to kind of tide me over till GTA Five. And by the time I get this game to play, GTA Five is going to be out and it's going to be sitting on the back burner for ages. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll play it eventually. It's worth checking out. Get the demo, at least, if you, if you like PlayStation games. I'm tempted to buy this physically, actually. I think it's the kind of thing that would look very pretty on my shelf. Yeah, why not? I only wanted yeah. it digitally because it was like, you know, I could get it instantly on release. Well, Simon, you know exactly how big it is digitally, don't you? 
11 gigabytes and yeah, you know I've I don't really want that on my hard I've drive. downloaded 33 gigabytes of it and not got to play one second of it yet so that's let's, good uh, let's do some consumer advice here Google <laughs> product search what's that it's the same price uh, in a physical copy I'm going to find the best price feel free to continue anyway I mean that's all I've played so I can't really continue much other than the last of us um, the new game mode they added oh god damn interrogation mode I hate it it's just well, I, I think the premise is fantastic, but they yeah, need to premise. sort they need to sort things out for that to be. It's just a well, not not that it's not fun. They need to sort it out so that it fucking ends and there's a winner. Yeah, it's a really long game mode, and it always ends in a tie. I mean, you either tie or you lose. So you're playing all that game to get not much reward for it. And, I mean, you interrogate people by doing the normal execution on them. But I found that after, I just found that it was really didn't reward you well because it's it's respawn and i play last of us for the for the mode that isn't respawn and even if they just made it so that if there's no clear winner at the end of the game suddenly it just becomes no respawn that would be really good i'd like that mm. but i just think it's not it's not rewarding enough for the time you put into it and the amount of stress it causes you can uh, you can get puppeteer for 22.99 physically from pc world uh, you couldn't when i was trying to buy it that's annoying Anyway, um, yeah, that's the last game of the week. Yeah, you, you you talked about your games? Yep. I'm sorry I talked for so long, man. You will be. <laughs> what, do we, what do we do now? What is this? Uh, PSR Q&A? Is that a thing yeah. that we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should do Well, let's go do that then. What have a questions to go to for the week, Ben? <laughs> you okay? Yes. This is PSR Q&A, questions submitted by you, the listeners. Remember, you can submit questions to us via email, via Twitters, and via Facebooks, all of which are available in uh, audio form descriptively at the end of the show, courtesy of Simon, who will only tell you to go to the website. Go to the website. There you go, I think I got there eventually. I think I? so, yeah. That was... got a bit confused in my brain. All these questions are from Martin Freeman, um, because, well, all of these were sent in August... While we were yeah. waiting for the, so we, we didn't ask for the show new ones to be ready because we yes. had a big backlog. We we have a few here from Martin, which is definitely his name. Uh, I'm going to kick off the, with the first question. You ready, Simon? Yes. Is it wrong that I enjoy listening to spoiler casts before buying the game, but not enjoy demos at all? Yeah, that's wrong. It's not wrong. It's it is wrong. Con- it's weird though. I mean, you shouldn't listen to a spoiler cast because it spoils the game. Yeah. Like if you. Yeah. Please tell me you have not listened to a spoiler cast of The Last of Us. Because I know that he mostly plays Plus games and it's not on Plus yet. Well, maybe but that's that what he's just, referring to. That would just ruin the game. Yeah, that is kind of... That's silly. I don't, that's silly, I, that is, I don't like that. Don't do not do that again. Do you want to ask a second question or should I go on? Yeah, just go on. Do you have a preferred type of shoe? Um, I like high tops, really. You like what? High, you know, like shoes that give you some ankle support and go all the way up to like above your ankle. Okay. That's the kind of shoe I wear. Nice. I uh, I like a good flip flop. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> Even the word makes me want to be sick. Um, if you were a cocktail, what would you be? A white Russian, because I'm white. white. I don't really know any cocktails. Sex on the beach because you're sexy. There you go. Yeah, I've had sex. I am sex on the beach. <laughs> Have you ever woken up with the feeling that way more time had passed 
than was meant to. Yeah, I have actually. I had that on a bus once and I woke up and I thought, I thought something awesome had happened. I thought I'd missed something really important. And I just sat there looking at the seat in front of me for like an hour thinking about what I'd missed. And you know, I hadn't, I was on a bus. I didn't miss nothing. Uh, why does a duck's quack have no echo? It does have an echo. Does it? Yeah, that's a myth. I saw that in QI. They took it to um, a cathedral or something and made it quack and it echoed. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. If you were going to be thrown in a pool of liquid other than water and had no way out, what would it be? Sorry, say that again? If you were going to be thrown into a pool of liquid other than water and had no way out, what would the liquid be? I was going to say iron brew, but I don't think I would because a glass of iron brew is... It kind of deteriorates in fizziness, and for a while, every time you go to drink it, you inhale the gas because it's fizzing so much, and it makes you kind of choke almost. Right, um, so that wouldn't be massively pleasant. No, because I'd probably drown because of that. So I guess probably the sauce that's in Heinz beans. <laughs> um, I would go with molten lava. Huh. Calm down, Gollum. Um, because, what? Because, um, if there's no way out, you're going to die, aren't you? So, you're eventually oh, going to drown in Heinz yeah. Beans juice. I would rather just go straight out. It would be agony, but I would be dead. Or, what about something you could write a message in? A liquid that you could write a message in, so that whoever finds you dead knows who you are and who killed you, Martin, and why they did it. <sighs> And why you chose and that liquid. What what kind of liquid would that be? Um paper liquid. Okay, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think lizard men are watching us? No, I don't think so. I think Although there are some lovely lizard men in Dark Souls, play that game. Mm, no, they're not nice at all. They they fight you. Yeah, they do. Fuck those guys. Uh what's the most repeated question you've had on the show? I, think, I would reckon it's a top five list or a favourite something. Probably. Right? I mean, we have had this duplicate questions. Yeah. But we yeah. love them all. So keep sending... Yeah, keep, keep sending fact, them. Keep, keep sending us that same question every week. <laughs> Please don't. That's not funny. <laughs> I'll kill Do myself. You... Now, this is... This, the wording of this is a bit confusing, so bear with me. Do you think we are going to see all more games similar to The Last of Us since its release, i.e. Techland's upcoming Last Light, which to me looks not that original. Is there a point where zombies become really tedious? The Last of Us was stood out so much because of amazing story. Thoughts? You know, they weren't really zombies, were they? I mean, they were really similar, especially the runners. But I think the inclusion of the clickers and the bloaters made it feel like it wasn't a zombie game, as well as the fact that 50% of the time you're fighting humans. Yes. To me, that really made it feel like... um, like it wasn't a zombie game, but yeah, I'm I'm getting tired of zombie games. Oh yeah, of course. They they have to keep them interesting. They have to keep them fresh. Yeah. I think the way they can make zombies exciting and frightening is multiplayer. That's the reason Call of Duty zombies is always so popular, and I love Left playing that with friends. Yeah. Left but at the dead. same time, like I, they don't have to be zombies. It could have been yeah. Anything. They could be rabbits. It could have been pink goats on on space hoppers bouncing towards the house 
I think there's a mod for that. For Nazi that pink gods on pink goats. Pink, pink gods. Goat, pink gods on space hoppers. And if you were playing pink. co-op shooting them, I guarantee that would be more fun than shooting zombies because you'd, you'd probably you could be pop more funny. the space hopper. And well, I mean that's why Black Ops Zombies is good because it's funny and you can have jokes and stuff. I, <laughs> I think like zombies have jokes. are getting a bit shit. Really, I get tired oh, of. Oh well, them. zombies have been getting shit for years, but yeah, if developers are gonna. It. If they, if they continue to sell, which they do by the bucket load, I'd at least prefer to enjoy them in a medium where I can share it with other people. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, we've talked about this, co-op will make any game good. I mean, yeah, but, I've got I mean, friends that are playing Alien Marines. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. If it's a good game and it has good co-op, then that's, that's only good, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, Left uh-huh. 4 Dead is a game about zombies, but it's a really good game. Regardless of what you think of zombies, it's a very good game. But um, it also does have new enemy types as well, Left 4 Dead. You know, you've got the yeah. um, the witches. Oh, the witches! Fuck and you've no. got the big fat, massive one-armed Bloaters. zombies. You know, so I mean, <laughs> normal zombies, meh. It all depends how good the game is around the zombies, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, zombies is a is a very sort of general term that might some zombies might find offensive because it's so lazy. Um, you know, because there's lots of different types. You can't just paint them all with the same brush. But yeah, shambling, slow zombies, they're done. We don't care about those. No. Bored. What is your PSR UK office address so I can send you this pinata bomb I made? Oh, I think that's number one IGN. Uh, IGN Road. Uh, number 10 IGN. Downing Street. Send your bombs directly to them. Goodness me. And I would like to say on behalf of PlayStation Radio UK that we do not condone that activity oh no 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 you you no you think that's a bad thing but every bit of mail that goes to number 10 downing street gets checked so by sending it there the bomb will get found i'm i'm not too bothered about the prime minister dying i'm i'm more worried that you have made yourself a target for (laughs) uh not really for sort of an investigation nsa is listening yeah um i'm more than happy to sit and watch horror games being played or do them in co-op are there many games you can play by yourselves i assume it means are there any horror games you can play by yourself lights off no one else around absolutely not no not in a million years wait wait what are you talking about there's tons of those games no no no, no. he said are there any games that you can i don't know if in fact i don't know if he's asking if we personally could do it or if there are any if there are any games in existence that he can do that. Okay, well let's answer both. First of all, Ben doesn't like playing horror games by himself. No, absolutely not. But there are horror games you can play by yourself, lots of them. And there's actually a couple coming out for um, for the PS4. There's one last, made by the guy that's doing... Um, uh, th- there's one coming from the guy that did Resident Evil, and it's about psychos, and you're walking about in this like penitentiary, I think, and that looks really good. They released a trailer for that not long ago. And what's the other one? Yeah, Outlast, is it? Yeah, Outlast. that's meant to be quite good. Yeah, um, be if you have a scary. PC, Amnesia, A Bay for Pigs just came out, which is the second Amnesia game, and that's they're terrifying. Um, so yeah, there's horror games. Just, you know, go on Wikipedia and find horror games by genre. Yeah. Are you happy to play games by yourself? Horror? Oh, yeah, I like playing them. As long as they're good. I mean, what I was thinking earlier, because I was looking on Netflix at horror films, and they've all got like two and one star ratings. Horror games are better than films, as a rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah, generally. You don't yeah. tend to get Apart cheesy, from the, shitty the, horror the films games. that the horror games are based upon, which are the classics, obviously. 
you know, like the original horror films that are really good. Yeah, but even then, they don't live up to the scariness. It's not the same as then. experiencing like, um, it. Like, yeah, but I mean, because the the only most of the good horror films are old. Like The Shining's really good, but now we call it a thriller because it's not that scary. Mm. And uh, things like The Birds, was it? Was it The Birds? Yeah, that's a really famous horror film, and I watched that and I wasn't scared because I was like, mm. "This is fucking birds. Close the curtains and." They won't come Words. for you. You know, they can't see you through the roof. I'm um, just massively uncomfortable with anything horror, to be honest. Mm. I can deal with gore. Gore's fine. I can deal, maybe deal with a couple of jump scares as well. I mean, supposedly there's a section of the um, demo copies of uh, Beyond Two Souls that were recently sent out to, you know, most uh, journalistic outlets for them to play through a short section of the game. There was a bit where it goes full on survival horror. Uh, where the equivalent of, you know, the thing that, um, the, the weird ethereal presence that she's followed by that can do stuff. Casper. Yeah, her Casper, basically. Scientists managed to open the portal and let out a load of other Caspers, and they start, like, completely wrecking shit, and all the lights that are out. That just sounds like the plot line of um, like Ghostbusters. Like, you know, <laughs> that box does, they put all the ghosts in, so somehow scary. they open it, and the big um, Michelin man comes out. So, so that's that's the thing you're going to have to contend with if you yeah. want to play that game. Um, well, the same was Last of Us. I was it's fine a, with The Last of Us. It's an action game, but especially if you were playing that on hard in the middle of the night, the lights off. There were some moments of that game where it went fully horror. Yeah. And uh, it's one of the few games where you have limited ammo as well. People, you know, companies have started to kind of go away from that um, mm. the idea of limit, limited ammo. Um, I um, suppose Metro Last Light as well. That's good. Yes, power. that's what I was about to say. You played Metro Last Light, haven't you? Yeah. That that section in the crypts made me very uncomfortable. Not and there was nothing there. Yet. There was absolutely nothing. Like no jump scares or anything. It was just you know. But that's something really that, atmospheric. Um, there's a Kickstarter which I might do an interview with him. Matt Gilgenbach, who did Retrograde, which we interviewed hey, way back in PlayStation Chat. Mm-hmm. He's making First or he's got a Kickstarter did. for. Um, for a horror game called Neverending Nightmares based on his own experiences with mental illnesses and, and, and visions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a horror game that he wants to bring to PC and if he gets to a stretch goal, PS4, I think. And yeah, that looks really good as well. Um, yeah. So there are horror games out there, good ones. And what he says is that the key to horror isn't jump scares. The lasting horror is the tension before the scare. Yes, yes um, it is. And that's kind of like the art of horror. He talks about that on his YouTube channel, which you should check out. Never-ending nightmares. Um, but yeah, that's next question. Um, on from the previous question, in a rating of curries, where would you be at a tolerance level for horror? I.e., for him, he's a korma. What's that mean? That he he doesn't really like anything. He's he's not much, got a high yeah. tolerance level for. Okay. Why is he asking to play horror games? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a morbid fascination. It certainly is for me because I like to hear about it and scare well, the, myself. The, the way I look at it is a low toleration for horror games is a good thing because then the horror game is actually going to get to you. Well, people yeah, but that, that some people, people don't that play want things that. like Amnesia and are just laughing the whole time. They're not really getting the most out of get that out of that game, are they? But I'm telling you, as someone who is very affected by horror games, it haunts me for weeks. I don't have fun. I don't have fun. <laughs> See, that's, that's not that's fun thing. I get me. scared maybe a little bit less easy than you in horror games. 
Yeah. But the difference is, I enjoy the scare. It doesn't affect me after I stop playing the game. I just enjoy the, the feeling. I of enjoyed it in a very weird way when we were playing Amnesia. When you were playing and yeah. I was watching you, like I enjoyed it because it was funny. It was watching f- me in a way. Get I mean, shit scared, yeah. And me as well. Like I was jumping along with you, but it was like because the the way you deal with that sort of stuff is laughing, and like in that sense, I was enjoying it. But I could, you couldn't pay me and any money to play that game by myself, ever. I'm not interested. Hmm. Fuck that. Um, anyway, he says, love you, bye! So wait, what was the question then? Uh, your curry oh, rating. Oh, curry rating. The tolerance. Um, I don't really know many curries, but something with a red red curry powder. Right, I would be a glass of water. Okay. With bits of chicken in it. Um, alright. Yeah, so not very sounds strong like at a, all. Sounds like a good curry. Mmm. <laughs> that's good stuff. Okay, well that's PSR Q&A. Next time, next up's news. <laughs> I'm gonna go and do a pee and put the oven on, but the minute I get back, news, okay? PSR UK News. Trigger Guild news from across the world of PlayStation and beyond. With William McPunch and Bobot Bagnats. This is PlayStation Radio UK News. Here's today's headlines Vita TV is a thing. Vita 2000 is also an object. GTA 5 is out this week. GTA 5 was listed on Amazon for PS4. Those Japanese get the PS4 months after us. Dishonored is getting a Game of the Year edition. And Mega Man Creator launches Kickstarter for a spiritual successor. Howdy doody, I'm Willa McPinch. Vita TV allows the Vita to work on the TV. Yes, Willie. Those Japanese have unveiled the new system at their conference last week. The tiny device will play PS1, PSP and some Vita games. But on top of this, it will feature TV streaming services and has the potential to stream PS4 games using Gaikai in the future. The system will work with the DualShock 3, and Sony says it will be patched in the future to allow the use of DualShock 4. It isn't known when the gadget will release in the West, as all Sony have said is that it's coming out in Japan first on November 15. Sony weren't quite happy enough to leave the Vita news at that. They also announced a colourful new Vita. Yes, colourful. Willie. The Vita 2000 will be a bit thinner, a bit lighter, boast one hour more battery life and include one gigabyte of inbuilt memory. But it ain't all good news. They're also getting rid of the OLED screen and instead using the cheaper LCD alternative. It's not clear how much better the OLED will be and it's not known when the new Vita will release in the West. Oh yeah, they also announced a price drop for memory cards and a new 64 gigabyte card. Pull my pants down, spank my arse and call me Judy. GTA 5 is out this week. But did you see what Amazon Germany listed? Yes, I did. Willie. They listed GTA 5 for PS4. It's not clear whether it was a mistake or a foreshadowing of the apocalypse, but either way, people aren't happy. Sony is a Japanese company, Bobby. 
Exactly right, Willie. But they're getting the PS4 in February, three months after us Western, cow-smelling, blonde-haired, tall people who all look the same. Mega Man is becoming mighty number nine. Mega Man creator, insert Japanese name here, has left Capcom in order to launch a Kickstarter for his new game, Mighty Number no. 9. It claims to be the spiritual successor to Mega Man and has already met its initial monetary target. That was this week's top stories when I passed over to Simon Thornton and Ben Jammin Marley to discuss the news in detail. I'm Willa McPinch, and until next time, those Japanese. So that was, I guess that's this week's top news, according to PSR UK News Team. What's that, those Japanese? Um, No, no, just all of it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just all the news. Um, Brilliant. Right, so let's kick off with GTA 5 being uh, being shown on PS4 on an Amazon Germany website. Yeah. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? Because I've now, said since the beginning that when they port to P to PC, a couple of months down the line, maybe even a year or two, it'll go to PS4. But yeah. listing it this early, like you said to me before the podcast, all it shows is that they that they want to hide that it's on next gen, so you buy two copies of the game. Yeah, that's that's fucked up. I mean, <laughs> we're probably both going to buy it twice. Yeah, but. The fact that they already know that it's being developed, they have a duty to tell their paying customers, especially that when it's this close to the end of a generation and a new new console generation, yeah. they have a duty to tell their paying customers that it is coming out on the next generation before they lay their money down for the PS3 version yeah, if they're but, only going to release it like two months later and they're going to have to buy it again. That's, that's not acceptable. Is, though, I reckon it would be a mistake because, I mean, let's say you're Sony and you're in this situation and you want to sell as many PS4s as you can, if you knew that GTA V was coming out for PS4, which you would because, you know, it has to go through um, the tests and stuff. What, what do they call it? Uh, like, you know, the rating and all that kind of stuff. Right. So they would know that it was coming out for their console. They would, they, what, if I was Sony, I would do this kind of like sly little leak and leak that it's coming to PS4 because then more people will buy the PS4. Yeah. And get, so I think it's just a mistake. I do think that we'll see GTA Five on PS4 at some point, but I don't think it's going to be coming out, you know, within the first year of the of the. I certainly PS4. hope so. I certainly hope so because if it is, I'm I'm going to be a little bit upset. Um, yeah. I mean, and there's Sony are doing this thing, aren't they? That they announced at Gamescom, where if you buy specific games on PS3, you can get a percentage off the PS4 version within a time limit. Um. I think Assassin's Creed's doing that. I think Call of Duty's doing that. Watch Dogs. So there's, I mean, again, I think GTA Five would have been announced for PS4 already if it existed and if it was coming yeah. out around launch. There, there could have been potentially something, a deal made there with Rockstar to get a discount on the PS4 version. But if it does exist and it's coming out in the next few months, maybe at Christmas, um, and they know it exists and they're not telling people because they want people to buy it twice, then that's, that's shit. That's yeah. not fair. Mm-hmm. Fuck that, not. man. Um, um, uh, what's other news? Okay, so the, the Japanese, um, Japanese had this conference thing before yes. TGS. Yes. 
and there was lots of Sony news. So it turns out they're getting the PS4 in February. What the hell? Yeah, that's practically unheard of for Japan because isn't it, with Sony stuff. Yeah, it's a Japanese company. But the reason they gave was that a lot of the Western games are finished by November fifteenth for the US. Yep. Um, but the Japanese don't traditionally like, you know, tons of Western games that we make. Just the same as we don't like tons of their games. Uh-huh. So they are holding off till February so that there's enough Japanese games at launch for them to warrant buying it, which I suppose is smart. And also the fact that they need, they need to translate those Western games like Killzone Shadowfall into Japanese. Yeah. And that's going to take some months as well. So, I mean, it, I guess there's some reason behind it. It's not like they're just doing it to kind of sting their Japanese customers. Well, either way, we're going to generalise quite massively but really there aren't many launch titles that would appeal at least um well, yeah, historically I mean, that's part of to a japanese well, yeah. audience so. i mean they have knack and there's also news that every japanese ps4 is going to come with knack at launch right so that's good because that is the game they want to get in the hands of these these japanese people and, and they'll finally be able to shift some copies of it as well yeah <laughs> doesn't look that bad doesn't look that bad i've played it it's not that good <laughs> It's no Aliens, Colonial Marines. No. You can tell it's a bad game because in all the sizzle reels showing how cool life is with PlayStation 4 and, you know, in your life, everyone always plays Knack while they're downloading a better game. Yeah, And then as soon as 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 they've done downloading, it's, fuck Knack, I'm playing Killzone. It's like they're always, they're playing Knack and then they look at this video someone sent them from Killzone Shadowfall. It's like, fuck man, I'm going to buy that. And then they just start crying. They're like... I bought the wrong game. <laughs> I want to drive cars. <laughs> I can't even shoot gardens. I'm just a big <laughs> thing made out of cogs. Oh dear. Yeah. So knack. Even even the pretend actors don't don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Another news story that yeah. um, William and Pinch glossed over at the start. Killzone's not going to have XP, which has been a staple what? of kind of like multiplayer games ever since, you know, Call of Duty 4 became the most popular game of all time. Um, so instead, it's going to have these challenges. So, like, kill someone by teabagging or um, stab someone in the left eyeball, you know. Flying teabag. Yeah, kill someone with a flying teabag. It's going to have random <laughs> challenges that will help you progress your level, which is quite cool. Okay. But so here's a, something a interesting, is worth something that I contributes so. towards just, a bar or... Well, that's XP, Are there numbers it? and so, ranks? Well, that's the thing. Like, what, what is it? What have they replaced it with? Yeah, but that's what they've said so far is they've replaced it with challenges. So we'll have to right. see how that works. But what I think is funny is that when Killzone Mercenary got announced, it looked the exact same as Killzone 3. Right? You know, the visual art style is really similar. Then Shadowfall comes out. And it looks nothing like Killzone 3. I mean, obviously, there's the guys with the red eyes and the yellow eyes, uh, the blue eyes. Um, but it looks like a very different game. So I already right. Mercenary looks dated, even though, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I've not played it that much. But here's the other thing. Mercenary goes out of his way to do this massive XP money system where you, you're constantly getting money no matter what mode you're in, and that's your XP. And then Shadow Falls like, oh, we're not going to have XP. Yeah, fuck that. It just seems like... For two games in the same series that are coming out at very similar times, they're very different. Yes. Which is unusual. Well, fortunately, they're on completely different consoles, so there's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's not too much of an issue, but yeah, it is kind of like, <laughs> hey, remember how we used to do things? Those were shit, weren't they? Let's ignore that game that did it not two months ago. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So, what else, what else we got? was in the news? We've got some Vita stuff, but that's kind of been explained. Yeah, wait Vita. The You're thinking of buying it. Well, well, I wanted to wait till the end to talk about Vita stuff, because I want to talk about that for a while. Uh, only other thing is Mega Man. If you like Mega Man, there's a Kickstarter, which has already been funded. There's a stretch goal to make it on next-gen consoles. Um, but yeah, that's happening. Okay, so Hooray. Vita. As listeners will know, I've been holding off on a Vita... And I've been holding off, always with the excuse, I'm not going to buy it now, because there's a conference coming up and they're going to announce a new one. Mm. And then it didn't happen at Gamescom, it didn't happen at E3. Well, it's happened, and there's a new Vita. And it, and at first I was like, well, that's the Vita I'm going to get, because it's a new Vita, and I've been waiting for that. Yep. But it's got an LCD screen. And that is what we know, what techies know, is that it's worse than OLED. Um, LCD has to be constantly backlit, so no matter how good the LCD screen is, the blacks aren't going to be as deep as on an OLED screen. How much cheaper is it than the... Uh, I'm not sure, because here's, here's another thing. On shop2.net right now, if you don't own a Vita, for £155, you can get the Vita Wi-Fi model, an 8GB yep. card, 10 games, and FIFA 13. See, that's a bargain. That's a that crazy is a, such deal. a good deal. That is such a good deal. And it's not clear whether... the whether there'll be any good deals like that with the Vita 2000. So I'm not sure whether I want to get one that... I mean, yeah, I like the visual design of the new one. I think it looks nicer, because it's got nicer buttons that match the bubble kind of UI on the system. Mm -hmm. um, I like the different colours you can get. Like, I might get the blue one with the white front. I think that's pretty smart looking. But the whole time... i with classic piano black, man. Even that looks better, I think. There's a bit of matte finish on the back of it, and it looks really kind of cool but no matter how much i like the look of it over the existing one and they do, they do look similar um i'm going to be thinking is the lcd screen as good as the oled and there are some photos there's like one guy has managed to get photos online comparing them both mm. and in one screenshot they look like the lcd is much worse right. a lot less kind of like saturated but then the other screenshot it looks much the same and then there's a video online. I think it's the same guy that did it. Um, and it looks like a really nice screen. It's LCD, but it does look really nice. And then I'm thinking, I'm on my phone and that's LCD, isn't it? Well, that's what I was about to say. I was talking to a guy from the 6th Axis, that website. 6th Axis. Axis. That's a hard, stupid website name. Um, <laughs> I was talking to him on the on the uh, Eurostar to Paris. And uh, we, we played a game of everybody's golf on Vita. Like against each other, kick my ass because you know I'm good at games. Um, yeah. But we were talking about the because the, the announcement was that morning of the, of the uh, or the conference was that morning, um, and he was I was saying, well, you know, is, is the LCD going to look worse? And he said, well, you know, look at my phone, and he had the iPhone five, and he said, this is LCD and it looks great. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Like LCD is getting better and better and better, and every and new phone that comes out as well. Yeah, every new phone that comes out has a better screen than the last one has better viewing angles, better depth of colour. So maybe they weren't talking shit, because people have said they're only making this Vita because with the LCD, because that's the only way they can make the battery bigger, uh, last longer. That's the only way they can make it thinner. But maybe the they're problem, not talking shit. Maybe it does look just as good now, or very close. I think, I think the problem might be a lot of people sort of are stuck in a time where, you remember the first flat screen TVs were just LCD plasma TVs, and they were just standard well, definition. I've got an LCD TV. 
and it no, looks no, no, good. no. As in, as in, like the when when uh, sort of flat screen TVs were first coming in, they weren't HD. Um, they were, and, and they were L, they were an LCD sort of plasma TV, right? You remember those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that that might be people not getting them confused, obviously, but thinking just having that thought in their brain that it's an inferior screen. Yeah, and therefore will look um, worse. Yeah, I was well. I was reading an interview with a indie developer for Vita, and he said it's nice seeing your game on the Vita because you can hold a Vita next to a four thousand dollar dollar TV, and the Vita still looks better. <laughs> and while that's cool, I don't really mind playing my like The Last of Us on my TV. I don't think that doesn't look good enough. My TV is not good enough. So for that reason, I think I'll be happy with an LCD screen if yeah. it's cheaper. But the only reason that I'm not suddenly jumping on board with the new Vita is... That bundle. That bundle on Shop 2 is um, amazing value, like 155 quid. is brought to you this week by Shop2.net. I mean, they have them on game and stuff. They have good value, uh, <laughs> deals, game. but the best game one I've seen so far... Money. Yeah, the best one I've seen so far is on Shop 2, and it's just a, it's an awesome bundle. Yeah. So now I'm waiting to see if... Um, if the new Vita's going to have is just as good bundles or if you're going to have to pay more money for the colours or... I think you know, you're going to be waiting like for that. a little while to see such good bundles because these guys are trying to clear through stock of a console that is not selling well and it's going to be a superior yeah. model to the one that you'll be buying. It's got a fuck ton of games and you get a memory card. Like this, That's almost a no-brainer yeah. but obviously it is. you should wait until it comes out first. But then uh, the if you can wait is, that long, for that 15 is. quid, for 15 quid you can get that pack that has the 10 games in the card without the console. So then I might wait and just get that pack separate and then get the Vita on its own if it's cheap. Hmm. But either way, it's it's annoying that there's such a good value bundle just now for the same console, which is only going to be slightly different when the new one comes out. But I think I will wait for the new one. Um, and then there's Vita TV as well, which has just been announced. It's yeah. not been announced for Western markets yet, as William Pinch was saying and Bobby Bignatz. But Robert. I just think... I'm in love with that device. That is just right up my alley of what I want. Um, you can watch your Netflix on it. If it came out here, you would be able to anyway. You'd have your Netflix, your love film, and then you'd have some Vita games, the ones that aren't too reliant on pat, uh, touch pat controls. Screen. Pat screen. Um, but yeah, they could patch games like a Golden Abyss to get rid of um, scrubbing the, the um, what are they called, the, the treasures that you could do in that. Oh god, no! Fuck that. that was, yeah, they could that they could bullshit. patch that out of the game quite easy, and it's you know, so I mean that's a really cool device, and I love the idea of having a PS Vita TV in one room, a yeah. PS4 in the other, and then one day I, I think I want to play the PS4 in this room, and I play it streaming over Wi-Fi. Take that Wii U. Yeah, I just think that's a really cool idea, man, and and having a console that small that it's like the same size as an Ouya, but it does mm. better games, and you could set it in your you know, you could put it in your backpack, go on holiday for a weekend to this hotel and just plug it into the TV and play a game of, you know, whatever. I think that's a really cool idea. Doesn't the price translate um, to something like 65-odd quid or something? Yeah, nothing. So like really because obviously cheap. the most expensive things of a Vita are the screen, all the touchpads, the controls, the battery. You don't need any of that for this. Mm. Um, I think that's a really cool thing. And yeah. I can't wait to, to see it come out here. Um, I think it's definitely welcome out in Europe and the US. Yeah, I mean, they haven't... At no point have they said that it's not going to be coming out. So we'll just have to wait and see. 
and hope uh, it gets released eventually. They've already sold through all of their stock on Amazon. Their, their pre-orders are, are maxed out at the moment. In so. Japan, yeah. In Japan. Out. So, uh, yeah. they'd be mad not to bring I it out. I can't wait. And, and the whole rumours of PS4 bundles with a Vita, maybe, they've, I mean, Sony have categorically denied the fact that they want to launch two, two consoles in one box. But somewhere down the line, I think there's definitely space to, to, to bundle a PS Vita TV with a PS4. Hmm. Because the PS Vita TV is only a little bit more than the price of a game. You know, I mean, hmm. games retail at, what, 50 quid, 55 quid? They yeah. never actually sell for that, but um, I think you'll definitely see a PS4 Vita TV bundle. Um, and, of point. course, a, a Vita and Vita TV bundle, because the main point of this yeah. launching now in Japan is to soften the blow of not getting the PS3, a PS4 until next year. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's designed mainly to connect to your Vita. Um, or not connect to your Vita, yeah. but you can put your game cartridges in and your memory stick in and play stuff off there and watch things on there. So it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like a home console, um, I suppose, exaggerator of your, of your Vita. It just sort of blows things yeah. up to TV size and you can just... It's just it's just another way that you can play your your PlayStation games, and I I think yeah. they've kind of got every angle of the market now. They've got the portable, they've got the people that don't want to spend much money on a console, they've got mm -hmm. the high end PS4, and they've got the the PS3, which is really cheap now, that has a massive library of awesome games. Yeah, I think PlayStation's really kind of where they should be just now, and it's awesome. The next and I can't be believe I don't have a Vita yet. Yeah. If if the Vita, if I hadn't been so sure they were going to announce a new Vita, which they have, and I'm kind of patting myself in the back here, but I would have bought one a couple months ago, um, and hopefully there's more people like me that are waiting for this Vita 2000, and now that it's announced, when it comes out, there'll be a flood of the market, and we might start seeing even more games to the Vita, um, because it'll sell more, especially with the Vita TV being so cheap. Um, yeah. Right, so that's Vita. Yeah, yeah. we happy with the Vita? We finished oh, the Vita talk? Yeah. We can. I think we deserve a rest now. Yeah, so that's the end the of the podcast. listeners deserve a rest as well. Yeah. End of the show. Oh, hello. Didn't hear you come in. I'm esteemed voice actor Richard McGonagall. And what I find goes best with a glass of brandy, open fireplace, and my best smoking jacket and slippers... There's a good episode of PlayStation Radio UK. You know you want to be like me. So go on. Get listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. You remember that? We've spoken about that before, right? Have we? That thing that they always used to put at the beginning of VHSs, where it was like this certification warning. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was the lady goes, thanks for listening. And there's a tick that goes, like yeah, that. Remember? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So I thought you were cocking a shotgun or something. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a passive-aggressive <laughs> thanks for listening yeah. because they didn't listen. Uh, Simon, where can people find us? So we've got Twitters, we've got Facebooks, we've got emails, we've got a YouTube page you should definitely check out. And the links to them are all on our website, which is www.playstationradio.co.uk. And as well as finding us there we would be eternally thankful if you left us an iTunes review. And subscribe um, and, actually, and watch our YouTube stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, we have a couple of new iTunes reviews, but we forgot until just then, so we'll read them out next week. Yes, yes, we will. Love you, bye. Uh, thanks, Simon. Love you, bye. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, Ben.
Love you, bye! You've been listening to the PlayStation Radio UK podcast. To find out more, go to www.playstationradio.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK. Radio UK.